Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is sponsored this week by Six Car Pub and Brewery downtown. Yes, it makes beer, but the kitchen at Six Car is already leading food trends in Amarillo. Chef and co-owner Scott Buchanan recently won this year's Ben E. Keith Foods Restaurant Roundup Chef Competition. So don't miss out on one of the most creative kitchens in the city. Visit sixcarpub.com or at sixcarpub on Instagram. Today's guest is Jill Gibson. Now, Jill is a faculty member at Amarillo College and is one of those academics who has about 15 titles on her business card. I primarily know her as the chair of the Matinee Mass Media Department at Amarillo College, which includes radio, TV, mass communication, journalism, graphic design, social media, and more. It's a nationally recognized program, and Jill brings a national perspective to it. She grew up in Albuquerque, was educated at Stanford in Northwestern, and arrived in Amarillo from Kansas. Now, back then, she just expected to be here for a few months, maybe a year at most. That was more than 25 years ago, and she's still here. So keep listening, and she'll explain why. Here's Jill Gibson. Jill Gibson, welcome to the Hey Marilla podcast. Thank you for being here. It is my pleasure. Well, it's my pleasure to have you on the show. I, I want to talk about Amarillo College. I want to talk about things that you do there. But before we get to that point, I'd like to hear your story about how you ended up here in the first place. How I ended so up in Amarillo. What brought you to the Texas Panhandle? I came to the Texas Panhandle for a job at Channel 4 KMR as a reporter. And I had never been to Amarillo. I grew up in Albuquerque, and so Amarillo was a, a weird word on a freeway sign. Just like Albuquerque is. But it wasn't weird to me okay. because I had grown up there. I was actually born in California, but I grew up in Albuquerque, and I had been working in Roswell, New Mexico. This was before it became quite as commercialized with the aliens, but I did understand at the time why if aliens had landed there, they would get out of town really fast. Okay. And I was interested in getting out of Roswell. And so I came for a job interview at Channel 4, got out of the car, thought, wow, it's windy today, and... The rest is history. I've been here ever since. Tell me um, about your career, because obviously you're not working, um, you know, in, in the broadcast news media anymore. So, what did you go Why to not? school to study, <laughs> and you know, what was your career plan before you ended up here? Plan. I use that word really loosely. I graduated from high school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I went to Stanford University, and I earned a bachelor's degree in English and theater. That was a whole lot of fun. And then four years went by, and I, I was about to graduate. And I thought, well, what does one do with a bachelor's degree in English and theater? And it was, I've asked that same question, just without you know, the theater part. Yeah, uh, it was a little open-ended, and I was very perplexed, walking through campus one day, and there was a graduate career fair. And I started talking to the representative from Northwestern's journalism school. She was clearly a wonderful recruiter, but it got me thinking, oh, broadcast journalism is kind of where English and theater coincide. They go together. Okay. This must be a plan. It really wasn't, but it sounded good. And so I decided to go to Northwestern and get a master's in broadcast journalism. And that was a great program because it was all very hands-on. It was a very practically based master's program. 
And we went to Washington, D.C. We worked for bureaus in Washington, D.C. The bureau that I reported for was in Lawrence, Kansas. And so when I finished that program, they offered me a job at the television station in Lawrence, Kansas. Okay, so I don't want to gloss over the fact that you went to Stanford. I mean, you, you say it pretty humbly, but that's a, that's a fairly prestigious university. How did that, you know, somebody growing up in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, why was that on your radar? Or how did you why get on Stanford's like, radar? I mean, tell me how that happened. I, I applied. I don't know. I, I went to a small private college prep school, so it was kind of expected. Okay. And I didn't know much about Stanford. In fact, I'd never been on the campus until when I started school. I got on an airplane. I got off an airplane. I went, wow, this is Stanford. Okay, cool. I do think it was probably easier to get in back then. Okay. No one had to cheat on entrance well, exams. Your parents didn't yeah. have to pay. Yeah, half my parents didn't. Yeah, to... I wouldn't have been there. So it must have been easier because none of that was happening. And actually, what when I was at Stanford, I often thought, "Oh, they let me in so someone could be the audience for all these amazing people," because there were a lot of really amazing people that I went to school with. And I admired them, and that's what they needed, I guess. It was a great school. It was a lot of fun. But I really think that what you get out of your education depends more on the student than on the school. Okay. You can put nothing into it and go to Harvard or Stanford or Dartmouth or Yale and get nothing out of it. You can put everything into it and go to Amarillo College and get everything out of it. Okay. So there are great benefits to going to a, quote, prestigious school. But it's not as much as people think. So you graduate from Stanford, you go to Northwestern, you get into journalism, broadcast journalism, um, and that lands you in Amarillo. That, yeah, bit by bit. Bit by bit. Bit by bit. I started in Lawrence, Kansas. I went from Lawrence to Roswell, New Mexico, and from Roswell to Amarillo. And so once you got here, what did you do here? I was a reporter. I did some fill-in anchoring, but I was a reporter. I did some producing and fill-in anchoring. And my plan was, as any beginning reporter plans, to stay in Amarillo a year. And then gradually move and your way up to, to a larger, larger markets. market. Exactly. So all of my belongings fit in my Ford Escort. And my plan was to put in my year and then move on to Oklahoma City or Austin or, you know, you've seen the reporters right, come right. and go. That's what we do. And I remember my uh, instructor, my professor in graduate school saying, when you get these starter jobs in small markets, in small towns, remember, you're going to leave, but the people who live there are stuck with all of you beginners. And now that I've been here for 25 years, I, I feel that. So tell me why that, what was intended to be a transitional year, you know, a, a stepping stone to someplace else, why it turned into 25 years, regardless of Amarillo College, why did you stay in Amarillo. I met my husband. Okay. And he was in Amarillo, and so I decided to stay here. And when I realized that I was going to get married and stay in Amarillo a while, I didn't want to stay in television, so I moved into education. Okay. So that's how I ended up at Amarillo College. All right. So tell me um, tell me the Amarillo College aspect of it. You know, right now you are involved in a lot of different aspects of the media communications, mass media side, speech, all of those things. What did you start out doing at AC? Well, I actually started out at TSTC, Texas State Technical College. 
And I was basically doing marketing and recruiting. And when Texas State Technical College's Amarillo branch became part of Amarillo College, I moved over to Amarillo College, and then I became, we called it college relations back then. It's now called marketing and communications, or communications and marketing. So I moved over and took over that that whole division. So I was in charge of all the marketing, advertising, public relations for Amarillo College. So that's and, sort of an outward-facing job, mm-hmm. representing the university to the community rather than working with students in right. much capacity mm-hmm. here. And and my plan was not to teach. I wanted to teach. Uh, that was something that was in the back of my head to try that at some point. But my plan was to be in that public relations job. I reported directly to the president, and it, it was a great opportunity. And then something got in the way. I found that I was expecting triplets, and they were born three months prematurely. Wow. And they needed an incredible amount of care. Also, had they even been completely healthy, it would have been a lot of child care money. Exactly, yeah. So I decided to stay home with the kids for a while. And did that feel to you like like a disruption in your career? A, a welcome disruption, having, but like you were triplets, putting pause on a lot of things in your life? Having Premature triplets is not like any kind of pause. You don't have time to think. You don't have time to sleep. You don't have time to eat. You don't have time to shower. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to think about it. That was, I couldn't be contemplative. It was just go, go, go. Okay. They received 72 doses of medicine a day. They received breathing treatments around the clock. It was just constant. So there were a good two, three years where I don't think I thought anything about anything. And then their health was stable, and then they went to Mother's Day out, and then they went to preschool, and then they started first grade, and I looked up one day and thought, oh my gosh, I'm a stay-at-home mother, but there's no one here but the dog to stay home with. And I started to get a little antsy. But I'd been way too busy to think about anything else. And so my husband at the time was working at Amarillo College, and he ran into Dr. Madney, and Paul Matney. This who, is Paul Matney. Paul the, Matney, that the program is named after, who retired from the presidency here at the college. He but, was my faculty advisor when I was at Amarillo College. Amazing so. guy. We love Paul. And Paul asked my husband, what's Jill doing? And Jeff said, she's not doing anything. You should put her to work. And a couple weeks later, I had a part-time job teaching speech. And the next semester, I was a full-time faculty member. So tell me, you know... Well, let's start here. How old are the triplets now? They're 22. Okay, so they're fully grown. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Well, maybe fully grown, sort of adults. <laughs> they're sort as, of adults, As yes. far into adulthood as you can be at, at 22. Um, what are you doing now at AC? Well, I'm... Give me an idea of your role here, or your titles, or I, I know it's, it's pretty varied. Well, I, I have a few titles, depending on what day. But my main title is the chair of the Matinee Mass Media Program. And, of course, I also teach in the program, so I'm an assistant professor. And I'm also the co-coordinator of Honors and Scholars. And so that's, that's a great program. Presidential Scholars is a program for the top 10% of their graduating high school classes. And we only take 15 a year. Wow. And it's very competitive. They get scholarships. They get an overseas trip, which is almost entirely paid for. They get very intense leadership training and 
They get involved with community leaders. It's it's really an amazing program to work with. I know that I've talked to a number of people who have had like really great things to say about Amarillo College right now. I have great things to say about AC, but you know they're based on having attended here a couple of decades ago. I've not talked to anybody who's actually on faculty right now. And so I'd like to hear from you, your perspective. I mean, obviously you like the place you've stayed here for this many years, but your perspective about the role that this college plays here in Amarillo. The role the college plays in the community. Well, I I think that it really is, I don't want to steal Amarillo National Bank's slogan, but it really is Amarillo's college. And Amarillo College does so many things for so many different parts of the community. And of course, I'm I'm primarily involved with the academic side of things and see that students can get an excellent education with a great deal of support on all levels, whether it is help with housing insecurity or food insecurity or special tutoring needs or just the need to be in a smaller classroom where you have faculty members who care about you. That is really important for students getting their first two years of school to transfer. And we have a lot of programs and degrees that lead directly to the workforce. So for the Amarillo economy, the college is very important. Working as a professor allows us to get to know the students. We're in the trenches with them. One of the most fun things I do, and sometimes the most frustrating, is work as a student media advisor. So I help guide the students as they put out the newspaper and the magazine. And that's something you did when you were here. Long, long time ago. But I think it's some of the most amazing experience a student can get in college because we're putting the students in charge. And when I look at our former Ranger and current editors and what they've gone on to do, they've all been quite amazing. And they all point back to that experience with deadlines and management and writing and design that put them in the hot seat when they, many of them were just college freshmen and they had to figure it out. Right. I mean, anybody at Amarillo College is not a seasoned college student. They might, you know, the ones who have been here the longest might be 20 or mm-hmm. 21 in, in some of these cases. And yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not, but I can draw a direct line from what I do now to what my career has been to things that began and that were set in motion, you know, being the editor of AC Current at a really interesting time, you know, in the media landscape, because there was, when I was doing it, we were transitioning from layouts on paper to desktop publishing and all of those things. And so really it was a foundation for much of what I did. Speaking of the journalism department and the communications here, I mean, it's right now it's an award-winning magazine, an award-winning newspaper, and the work that they're putting out is not just great for Amarillo, but it's being recognized across the state and, and nationwide. Yeah, we are receiving national awards for some of the students' work, which is very gratifying because it lets me know, okay, we're teaching them the right things. For instance, the um, Associated Collegiate Press Pacemaker Award, which we have won four times, I think now, that is up against four-year colleges as well as two-year colleges all over the country. So that tells me students are getting the education they need, and then they get jobs. Tell it's, me what's driving that. Is, is it the caliber of students who are coming to AC? Is it the faculty? Is it the culture at the college? I mean, to succeed year after year after year, 
with different groups of students at the helm of these publications, I mean, just to mention this one aspect, is significant. I think it's a little of all of the above. We say we have a no excuses philosophy and different groups interpret that differently. But the way I interpret that with the students in the media program is there's no excuse. You will do your best and we will push you and you will care. And we treat it like a job. We're very serious about it, but we make it fun and get them invested. Now, could be that next year we may not win. So I don't want to say that our program is just great because we're winning prizes. The prizes don't matter. It's what the students get. And there are some students who get amazing experiences. They learn how to interview people. They learn how to talk to strangers. They've never gone up and asked a stranger a question before. They learn how to write a complete sentence. They may never work in the media, and they may never win an award, but they're still getting something that's life-changing. And those are all valuable skills, regardless of what profession you end up being in. And that's why I think that working in the media is so key to students. Deadlines. Deadlines really matter in the real world. And in high school, students grow up thinking, oh, well, I'll turn it in late. It's no big deal. Well, you can't print a newspaper if you turn it in late. There are consequences. And by teaching them those skills, they're going to benefit in any career. And that's why I I hate to point the finger and say, well, we're great because we get awards, because that's just the icing on the cake. The fact that the students are learning what they need to learn, and they're learning to be independent and self-starters, that's what I'm really proud of. And I think it's been that way since long before I was here. It's a tradition. Uh, Amarillo College has always had a very strong media program. And one of the most important things to me is to make Paul proud. Is Dr. Matney still in touch? Is he still checking in with with everyone here? I mean, it's named after him, so clearly he probably feels a little bit of, of ownership or connection to the place. We usually see him at our advisory board meeting at the very least. And I know that he did his best for the students and cared and wanted to see them succeed, and I want nothing less than that. Tell me a little bit about the culture here at Amarillo College, not just maybe, I mean, I know academics is a big part of it, but in terms of the faculty who are here, the students who attend, you know, the neighborhood that it's in, and and thinking of AC in all the ways it's starting to reach into the Amarillo community. You know, just in terms of a workplace, what do you love about being here? I love my colleagues. I really work with some of the best people, and they're so much fun. And we're sitting here conducting this interview in a lounge we made so we could sit back here and and laugh and talk to each other every day, at least for 15 minutes. And that's such an important part of having a workplace that you feel comfortable in is being around coworkers you like and enjoy their senses of humor. I love my students. I love getting to know the students. I love seeing them progress and learn things. And I think most of the faculty members at Amarillo College feel the exact same way about students. It's We're not just pretending we care about students. We really do care about them. It's a little different than a university because our classes are smaller and we get to know the students much more personally. And I think that helps a lot of people ease their way into the college experience. 
Yeah, I'd like to talk about that a little bit because one of the things I find myself doing is, um, you know, if I'm talking to someone who doesn't know me or doesn't know Amarillo, and they're like, where'd you go to college? And one of the things I say is Amarillo College, and they get, you know, a strange look because it's a junior college or, you know, it's not a name they recognize. You're someone who attended Stanford and Northwestern and built your career then at this two-year college. And so what are some of the, maybe the surprising things that people might not understand when they think, oh, AC, you know, it's, it's just a junior college. I hate that. It's just. Or students say, I'm just going to AC. Right. And I, I understand that a lot of students say that because they're going to start at AC and finish somewhere else. And I'm all in favor of that. I'm an education nerd. I think everyone should go to school as long as possible. This is the way I got to stay in school as long as possible. But that would be hard to have a workforce if everyone stayed in school forever. I think we have faculty with PhDs. Uh, We have faculty who publish books that are used nationally in universities across the country. The quality and caliber of the faculty is no different than any other university and sometimes exceeds it. And the size of of the, the staff's hearts, honestly, is often much larger. We work with such a wide variety of students. We've got students that are 18 who are homeschooled, who've never had any structure before. We have students, my oldest student, I think, was 74. We have students who are coming back to school just because they want to keep their minds agile. We have students who never had a single family member go to college and don't know anything about how college works or how it's different from high school or how to navigate things. We have students who are very wealthy. We have students who are in poverty. We have students who are prepared for school and students who are completely unprepared academically for school. And we have kids learning, little kids learning dance. We just have a little bit of everything. And because of that, I think the college is so integrated into the community. Did your triplets follow you and, and attend Amarillo College? All three of them All attended Amarillo College. All three of them graduated together. And uh, I got to put the honor cords around their necks. And then their father, who also works here, he gave them their diplomas. And so it was it was really, really wonderful. And they, like any other Amarillo student who's going to school in Amarillo, Thinks, oh, I don't want to be at home. I want to get get away from here. I have heard, though, that students that live near Harvard don't want to go to Harvard because it's home. So there's that, I must leave my parents' home and go somewhere yeah. fun. Well, it, it might not help that both parents also work there. And you, and you, you might, may run yes, into mom and dad. You might have thought that was a problem. And so we told them, no, you're going to start at Amarillo College. So they said, all right, we'll stay here. And they were here a year. And we said, okay, now you're going to stay another year. So all three of them finished their associate's degree at Amarillo College. And now they tell me that they don't think they could have handled university Hmm. without it, that it made them so well prepared and they understood how to do college because of their time here. Now, even worse, my son was mass media major. My other daughter started as mass media. She did later change. She's now doing graphic design. And both daughters were on the newspaper staff with me. Uh, One was the editor of The Current, and my son was on FM 90. So they were very much in my program. Uh, You would think that would be kind of horrifying, 
but it really made us all much closer. And now they kind of understand my world and I understand their world. So I think we're very fortunate that we got to do that. And they have done incredibly well when they transferred to university. All right. So I, I want to shift gears a little bit um, and go a little bit more personal route, just because from what I understand, you have a Jewish background, a background um, you know, in, in Judaism. And I have a, a sense that that's one of those things that's fairly rare in Amarillo. You know, it's a community that has a lot of Protestants, has a lot of evangelicals, and, and that that might be something that, that we could talk about. So tell me about that. Is it something that to you feels a little bit different from everybody else? Well, I guess so. I'm, I'm not really involved with the Jewish community here. I grew up in what you might call an incredibly reformed Jewish family. But Judaism is also, in many ways, a cultural heritage mm-hmm. as well as a religious belief. And so we raised our children knowing that they were both Jewish and Christian. And I think they find it cool to have that heritage. It's something that they value and they enjoy celebrating the Jewish holidays with their grandparents. But I've never really felt weird about it. And sometimes when people ask me questions about Judaism, I want to stop and say, well, I'm not, I'm not the representative of all Jewish people. So some of my colleagues are, are watching the Mrs. Maisel show, the wonderful right. Mrs. Maisel. And they said, oh, Jill, this is what your family must have been like growing up. And I said, oh, yes, we lived, you know, in New York and uh, the high rise. No, no, this is... Ran a delicatessen. Yeah, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, so... Which culturally may be not too different from Amarillo, just in terms of it's in the Southwest. There's probably not a huge Jewish population there like there is here. More, but not, not very large. And so I didn't... I'm not a New York Jew. Okay. So, uh, you know, I can say a few choice swear words in Yiddish, but I won't. And, and this is, <laughs> this being a fairly conservative place in terms of religion, have you ever felt, you know, a, a sense of, you know, not truly belonging or not maybe truly being accepted by a really conservative culture here? Or are you treated as like, as like oh, well, she's, she's different. She's Jewish, you know? Well, that's a hard question to answer because I think I've never felt really accepted anywhere. I think I'm sort of those one of those perpetually awkward 13-year-olds who always feels like she doesn't fit in. So I wouldn't point to my religious background, but I have felt that, and I think that's more my personality than anything oh, else. And it's not know? like you're wearing a button that says, ask me about coming from a Jewish heritage, you know. No, and when people— It might not be clear— no, and, and it's not something I talk about a lot, but the one time it became an issue, I, I don't currently teach interpersonal communication, but I had been for a long time. And in that class, you talk a lot about family and relationships and psychology and communications, and you share a lot of things. And so I had shared with the class that I was Jewish and my family was Jewish, and Then one of the students shared with the class that he was a member of the KKK. Really? And that was an awkward moment. Now, oddly, he stopped coming to class, and sometimes I look for students when they disappear, but kind of like Frozen, let it go. How long ago was that? (laughs) It was quite quite a while ago. So 
I'd, I'd like to close this section by just asking you about Amarillo itself as a larger city, you know, absent the Amarillo College part. This is a place that you ended up here. You met your husband. You decided to stay here. You kind of planted here. And 25 years later, you're still here. So tell me why, with the job part aside, why you've decided to plant your roots in this community after living in in some different places, some very different places from here. Well, and I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in San Francisco. I lived in Lawrence, Kansas. I lived in Albuquerque. Why am I here? People ask me that all the time. Sometimes I ask myself that. The main reason was because my husband and his family were here, and then we got established in our careers, and we were here. And it just kind of happened like everything else in my life. When people ask me, what do you like about Amarillo? It's not the weather, first of all, especially after our recent tremendous windstorm kind of made me question why I live here. For but then there were that, some very nice days was, following It was that. gorgeous. You don't have, after Amarillo blows itself out, you have the most gorgeous days, and it's just perfect. And there are parts of Amarillo which are very, very beautiful that people don't realize. They don't, the sky in Amarillo, there's nothing like it. What else can I say about Amarillo? It's, it's an easy place to live. I always tell people it's a great place to raise kids, but I'm not raising any kids, so that doesn't really help. They're kind of raised. Now, my kids are not living in Amarillo right now. Their deepest fear is that they might accidentally end up living in Amarillo because they've seen other people leave and come back. That happens a lot. It does. It's like a black hole. It sucks people back. And so I've told my students, why should I leave? I'll just come back. I might as well stay here. Because everyone comes back after they experience big city traffic or inconveniences. But most of the students, they think Amarillo's boring and they want to get out, and as my kids did. And I encourage them to get out so they can see what the rest of the world is like. And then they will realize when they come back that they don't have it so bad. It's an interesting city for a city its size. Our arts community is amazing. And you do not find a city this size with the talent anywhere else, I don't believe. So that's one of the things that I really like. You can, and you can actually afford to go see things and do things. Yes. And you don't have to drive for an hour. And you don't have to wait for an hour to go to a restaurant. There are a lot of benefits. Hey, it's Jason. And instead of a sponsor or support message here, I want to ask you to do something. Number one, if you like this podcast, please leave a review of it. Go to Apple Podcasts, find the Hey Amarillo feed, and scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections. Give it some stars and write a short review of what you like about it, even if it's as short as, I really like this podcast. You can do the same thing on the podcast's Facebook page, too. I would love that. Number two, I know that some listeners listen to every single episode. And that means so much to me. I really appreciate it. But I also know that other listeners only listen when the guest is somebody they know. And that's cool, too. But I want to ask you to do something this week if you're listening to this episode. Dig back through the archives and check out an episode featuring somebody you don't know. Hear Matt Darby talk about jockey silks or listen to Dean Boyd and meet the lawyer behind the TV ads. Listen to Bruce Mosley talk about the groundbreaking autism research at Turn Center 
or Mildred Darton talk about growing up in the North Heights. The people you don't already know sometimes make the most interesting conversations. I promise, whether you care about that stuff or not, jockeys or lawyers or research, all of those episodes are really interesting. I know because I was there. So thank you for listening. Okay, I'm back with Jill Gibson from Amarillo College. Jill, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. Your job as my guest is to answer those questions in whatever amount of detail you would like to. Uh, this is not a speech class, so you don't have to go you know, into five or ten minutes worth of detail, but I want you to have some freedom here. You picked up on the fact that I talk a lot. That, that makes for a good guest. <laughs> All right, so let's start by asking one that I've asked almost everybody. What's your favorite restaurant in Amarillo? That's a hard decision because I basically like any food I don't have to prepare, so I enjoy going out to eat. But if someone were to ask me, where do you want to go, I generally will pick a Thai restaurant or an Indian restaurant. So I like to try different restaurants. Now, we have our share of Thai restaurants. There are not a lot of Indian food options here. We have a lot of good Thai restaurants, and so we generally just circulate through them. Okay, you don't have a favorite one of those? No, I don't think so. It depends on the day. Okay. Uh, My daughters are vegan, and so when they come to visit, we have very limited choices. And fortunately, Thai is one of those places that we can go. When was the last time you visited the Big Texan? I think the last time I visited the Big Texan was when my daughter played violin there and... She was either a freshman in high school or in middle school. So it was almost 10 years ago. It was quite a while ago. And then being vegan, you're not going to eat We don't go for a steak. No, we don't go anywhere for a steak with them. Now now I'm afraid this is how Oprah got in trouble by saying bad things about steak. We love steak. We just don't eat it. How's that? I don't think anybody's going to sue anybody based on what somebody said on the show. Well, it didn't really work out that well. What does this area have too much of? Wind. Okay. Way too much wind. I don't like wind. It's my least favorite weather. And I live in a very windy place. I used to live in Chicago, which is the windy city, but that refers to politics, not to actual wind. A lot of people don't know that. Right. That's true. Why? You know. And I moved to Amarillo from Roswell. I moved to Roswell from Lawrence, Kansas. When I moved... From Kansas, everyone in New Mexico, southeast New Mexico, said, oh, Kansas must be really ugly and flat. Lawrence is by the Missouri border. It's green rolling hills. And I looked around Roswell and said, uglier and flatter than this? What does this area not have enough of? Vegan restaurants. Okay. That's probably legit. I I can think of very few that advertise themselves as vegan. There might be some vegan dishes at a few places. but and, and not that I am vegan, but with my daughters, I have learned that if you have any sort of restricted diet, it's hard to go out to eat. So that it would be nice if there were a few more interesting restaurants here. And Amarilloans don't always support interesting. So I understand that. Well, and, and being in the beef capital of the world, it's a little bit countercultural, or maybe a lot countercultural here. Well, they could serve beef, too. That's true. How do you describe Amarillo to people outside the area? Well, flat and windy. Usually I say, like I said earlier, it's a great place to raise kids. You can get anywhere in 15 minutes. It's an easy place to live. It's easy to get around. The people are friendly. 
When I first moved here, I didn't really understand Amarillo. Coming from New Mexico, I felt everyone dressed up an awful lot. Really? And said things like, bless your heart and y'all. But now I've been here so long, I feel like a native. I, I want to, that, that's an interesting thing to say that you didn't really understand Amarillo. As if it's something that, that maybe you had to live here for a while to get. I think it's, all, it's Texas, is, yeah. too. Texas has its own culture. And Texans are very proud of being Texans. And that's different. New Mexico isn't that proud of anything except not being from Texas, you know. New Mexicans can kind of have a chip on their shoulder against Texans, but there's not the same state pride, and there is not the image of the Southern woman. There's a lot of Southern in Amarillo. There is. And I had lived lots of places, but never in the South. And so that took me a while to get. Now, you're a transplant here. Do you feel... Like, this is home? I mean, do, do you feel at home here now, or do you still feel like you're just, you've been in a, a fairly new place for a long, long time? This is the longest I have lived anywhere, and certainly the longest I've lived anywhere as an adult, but it's actually the longest I've lived anywhere. And I feel at home, but not as much at home as I want to feel. So sometimes, but not all the time. I mean, sometimes I meet people who completely do not understand me or my sense of humor and raise an eyebrow. I think in academia, I found my people. I never planned to work in higher education, but the people who work in higher education, I can relate to. Okay. So you mentioned that Amarillo had a bit of the South here. It it also has a large amount of Western culture. So when was the last time you wore cowboy boots? Well, I tried on a pair my aunt was trying to give me, but they were way too pointy, so I haven't worn them. They hurt. I have a nice pair of ropers. They're green. My husband bought them for me when we were dating, and I still have them. They're not very scuffed, so I guess I don't wear them that much. You don't have too many occasions to to put the ropers back on? No, I don't wear them to teach, no. All right. What's your favorite local coffee shop? I like all coffee. I really do. And... I was thinking about this question because a long time ago, there weren't coffee shops everywhere. And one of the nice things about traveling is knowing that you can go to a Starbucks in any town and it will be kind of like people used to be about McDonald's. It'll be about the same. So there's something reassuring about that. But I also like to try all the local coffee shops, both in Amarillo and when we travel, like to go and find out what the local coffee shops are like. I am very fond of coffee. It is my vice. But you don't, you don't have like a go-to place then that gets your business most often here? Not necessarily. Even with one on campus? With, well, with Palace being I can't, just... they can't get my business that often or I'd go broke with okay. my love of coffee. So Keurig gets a lot of my business because um, I have to save some money. Okay. And what's your favorite street in Amarillo? I just I like all the streets in Wolfland. They're very beautiful, and they're not at all what you would expect from Amarillo. But then I like the streets on the edge of town where you can just see for miles in the horizon. I don't think I have a favorite street. Well, that concludes, Jill, the, uh, the eight straight portion of the podcast. I like to close by asking my guest to endorse something related to the area. 
So what is something that you think listeners need to know about or need to experience? Well, that's easy. Of course, I want to endorse Amarillo College. And in particular, I'm, I'm a little biased toward the mass media program. I think often people don't think about working in the media and specifically journalism as a career. And journalists have gotten a bad rap lately. Uh, Donald Trump thinks we're the enemy of the people. And that's such an important part of having a healthy working democracy is to have intelligent people working in journalism. And it's a difficult field. I really want to see smart people pursue jobs in the media. I want to see people embrace the arts. We have an amazing arts program here at Amarillo College. And I meet students who say, well, but I I can't study art or photography or graphic design because I have to make money. Well, you can make money doing something you love to do. We both ended up doing, we have careers and we're doing what we like doing. So I would encourage people to investigate those things. That's something I wholeheartedly endorse because there are so many opportunities and we need those people. The world needs those people. Jill Gibson, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Six Car for the sponsorship and to Jill for the interview. This show is produced, written, and hosted by me, but it's edited every week by Angelina Medina. Executive producers of Hey Amarillo include Chris Zelda, Josh Wood, Patrick Burns, Jennifer Callahan, Corey Burns, Daniel Davis, Wilson Lemieux, Katie Linger, Neil Nossiman, Ryan Pennington, and Wes Reeves. You can be one of these executive producers too, or you can support the show at another level by going to patreon.com slash heyamarillo. If you do, I really do appreciate it. Thank you for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week. 